Welcome back, everybody, to the Doctor Who Flashcast. I'm Jason Snell. One more time for a year to talk <laughs> one last time about the Chris Chibnall, Jodie Whittaker, uh, Mandeep Gill era. They were all there the whole time. So let's give let's give Yaz her her uh, proper acknowledgement as a companion who lasted the entire time the Doctor was there. Um, joining me to talk about the power of the Doctor, the final episode of Jodie Whittaker's Doctor, are these wonderful people. James Thompson is here, uh, live from the UK, uh, where there are almost as many prime ministers as doctors. Hi, James. Oh, oh, oh. we're not going to do current events. Um <laughs> I am looking forward to this episode answering all the questions from the Chris Chibnall era. Oh, yeah. Okay. I got a list. Uh, Annette Weirstra also joins me. Hello, Annette. Hello. I like finished watching, I think, three minutes ago. So wow. everything is going to be fresh. very fresh. Fresh. The feelings are still coming in hard uh-huh. and fast. I get it. I get it. And uh, it's the two-minute time lord himself, Chip Sutterth. Hi, Chip. Hi, Jason. It really is crowded in here, just how I like it. Uh, <laughs> so much. <laughs> so much. This is first you off. You expected something different from a regeneration episode? First, first off, this is a this is an almost 90-minute long episode. It's about as long as they have ever gotten. Is this the longest episode of Doctor Who ever? Uh I think the TV movie counts for longer. Oh, I guess I guess it would be like a hundred minutes, probably, with and then the commercials. Uh, okay, well, pretty close. It's very long. Um, and Chris Chibnall is a guy who writes lots of stories where there's lots and lots of things happening, lots of plot movement that happens fast. And I got to be honest, about halfway through this episode, I'm thinking to myself, "Oh my God, this is." everything that I've come to learn about Chris Chibnall's bag of tricks, which is it is loud and busy and doesn't make a lick of sense. However, the last half of this episode, while still loud and busy, and I think plot-wise not making a lick of sense, did check lots and lots and lots and lots of boxes in terms of, I'm going to use the word fan service, but I think that that's maybe not really, it has connotations that I, I don't want to necessarily endorse here. But to say that Doctor Who is a thing that's been around for almost 60 years and lots of characters have come and gone. And this episode, I think, shines in the moments where it says, I love Doctor Who. We know you love Doctor Who. We know you have favorite people and places in Doctor Who's history. And the show moves along from them. But what if we uh, What if we didn't? What if we checked back in? What if we, you know, in the text of this episode, acknowledged the history of Doctor Who on its way out the door? And while... I don't think it did anything to rescue the plot of the episode. (laughs) It did leave me feeling far more positive about this episode than I thought I would halfway through because I felt like, uh, and this is very similar to what I've said about Star Trek Discovery the last couple of years, I felt like 
it kind of got the emotional beats right. And while, you know, I don't really want to think about the plot, I appreciate all of the emotional beats and some pretty good jokes that it managed to do on our way to having Jodie Whittaker uh, regenerate. So that was that's my like overview of it is that I'm, I'm kind of dissatisfied with the plot, which I think is loud and nonsense. But um, I was very happy that that's not all we got. We got old companions, past doctors, uh, resolution of feelings between old companions and past doctors, and a bunch of other good stuff. Uh, and that that's the part that makes me walking away. It make, makes me happy that I watched it because I felt like there were, it did some special magical things that um, that I didn't think I'd ever see on Doctor Who. How did all, how all of you feel? I, I mean, agree with a lot of what you're saying. Um, I think that the plot is something that I'm going to have to wait and evaluate uh, when I get some emotional distance from the episode because... Uh, I was pummeled with feelings all, all, all the way through, uh, and the those emotional beats just one after another. Um, between between that and they, in in a couple of interviews, uh, Chibnall has said made a lot of this episode having been calibrated somewhat for the BBC centenary, 100 years of the BBC. So there was motivation for him pouring extra nostalgia into this thing, um, which I don't know if it had aired earlier in the year, like I believe the original plan was. I don't know if he would have leaned into it that hard. Um, But I had tears streaming down my cheeks Throughout, um, throughout this episode, uh, starting when um, Tegan and uh, Ace showed up, and then just periodically there were emotional beats that he just hit with a hit with a sledgehammer, and I responded to. So I'm really happy with this, and I, I look forward to discovering plot holes uh, in our in my conversation <laughs> with y'all. But but as a fan, I was well and truly served. Yeah, I mean, this felt to me kind of like a miniseries squished down into 90 minutes. You know, there was a lot of plot per minute. Um, and if you didn't like what was happening at any given moment, just wait 60 seconds and something else entirely different would come along and happen. Um, it, I don't know if this is the largest number of speaking doctors per any episode of Doctor Who, but it certainly felt up there. Do we have... I think so. I think there. I think there are eight doctors De- who speak in this episode. I think it depends. Yeah, it depends how you count doctors. Whether the master doctor was a doctor, mm. um, but yes, I, it it was an awful lot. And um, I mean, as I kind of alluded to at the start, it didn't answer a lot of questions that I actually wanted answers to. Um, you know, like one of the things we said in a previous uh, podcast was like, how are they going to deal with this queer romance between Yaz and the Doctor that they set up and they only have one episode left? The answer is not in the slightest. <laughs> um, and, you know, like, how are we going to address all this timeless child stuff that's been set up? What about that fob watch? Is the universe still fluxed? No, we're not going to mention any of that. Um, and yet there was still an awful lot I liked in this episode um and i just 
you know, purely for having uh, Peter Davison and uh, Sylvester McCoy talking to their respective companions again, I would, you know, give this 10 out of 10. But I did like a lot of it, uh, but it was a complete nut mess. Annette? Yeah, I think, um, well, for starters, I care more about emotional beats than I do about plot in general. But I like I think that's what helps me enjoy Doctor Who sometimes mm-hmm. is because the plot doesn't all add up. And that, that as I was watching, I was like, I don't think by the end of this episode, I'll be able to, like all of you have said, been able to like process the plot because I don't think it hangs together. And as James says, it misses uh, wrapping up things. The one that will bug me the most is the queer romance, which I expected them not to close up neatly, but also, you know, that's the emotional beat I wanted cleared up. But I, I don't even like know as much of the uh like classic who as many of you do and i still like the i didn't expect all these doctors and to come and when that happened it like hit me in the heart and like because i'd heard people say they had a lot of feels going into this and i also had waterworks and then especially the moments where you had that closure and i've never even seen an ace and uh episode with the doctor but i still understood that beat that that emotional beat of he he she always leaves companions behind and like allowing that sense of closure and the support group at the end um like i loved like that sense of bringing those people together and i don't think i've ever seen like so many like it's not just this era but bringing in that bigger era felt really epic and uh, emotional and yeah so I'm like I'm sure the plot <laughs> I, I'm sure it has lots of holes but I thoroughly enjoyed all the emotional beats of it and feel satisfied and also is holding my breath to see who was going to be the end uh, regeneration because there were so many theories uh, mm. James and I talked about it together earlier today and we were both wrong so that was fun yeah, there's. I mean, there's a lot in here. I I I don't know about plot holes, although I, I'm sure there are many of those. Um, I just feel like it's one of those things where it moves so fast, so that you don't have to. You, it doesn't want you to keep track of what's going on. It really just wants yeah. to keep moving. And and I I felt like, in some ways, I felt like this was Chris Chibnall emptying out the suitcase of things. Like <laughs> he he had his list of things that he wanted because like, you can see an episode. Like when it starts, it's like okay, Cybermen or Cybermasters, right? Which I thought were gone, but are 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 back. Uh, and that was another thread, which is like I, I laughed when when the Doctor says, "Well, how did you escape Gallifrey to the Master?" And he's like, "Yeah, I always have a backup plan," or whatever he says. It's very funny. But then also, all oh yes, all the Time Lord uh, Cybermen are there, and he's like, "Yeah, well, I have them." And the 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 bad Cyberman from the via uh, Diodati, right? That guy, um, mm-hmm. he's back, and it's like, "Yeah, I killed him, but I brought him back." I'm like, "Okay, like why?" Uh, there's a lot of that kind of stuff where it's just like the hand wavy. Well, it doesn't matter. I just wanted to have them in this episode, is that the 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 writer is is saying. But but my point is that at the beginning, you you've got this like train heist they're stealing this girl what does it all mean uh the master is is rasputin uh seismologists are missing and paintings have been stolen what does it all mean and i think okay this is really this is very interesting where is this leading and the answer is 
it's not leading anywhere. Why are there two timelines? There's no reason. Why why are the paintings missing? It's because they turned into the master. What? Why does that matter? It doesn't matter, uh, right? It's just a tossed off kind of like we just threw that in there. Why are the seismologists missing? So they don't notice that volcanoes are erupting. Maybe I don't know. And 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 then that's like a the first little simple part, and then it just gets wilder and wilder. And I, I just I mean I think it's bad i think it's bad writing i think he's i think he's very very uh clever and he has lots of things that he wants to to throw in here but i don't think any of it really makes any sense um i think that the big uh plot at the center of this episode involving the master harnessing uh, correct me if i'm wrong (laughs) and you can tell uh harnessing the power of a space um (laughs) to create a cyber conversion planet that hangs out near the earth so that he can bathe the doctor in regeneration energy so that he can force the doctor to regenerate into the master. But the master is also still there, but kind of like hanging out. But the doctor is the master, but he's still, the doctor still sort of acts like the master and not the doctor, even though it's supposed to be the doctor. I I thought that was all 100% nonsense. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Yeah. I was like I was expecting the resolution is the doctor was the do- is the doctor even if you put the master's face on the doctor. Right. And cuz it's like, well, you're regenerating looks. You're not moving the person. Right. So but, that that but- that but it's but, the master you know. still, right? It's like it doesn't yes. even play fair with that. It's like, well, you can turn me. It actually, you know what it reminded me of? Uh, okay, get, Chip, are you ready? Uh, I'm I'm bracing. The end of time. <laughs> <laughs> in, the, in the end of time, a, a, a regeneration episode, by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. In the end of time. Also, I love the last 20 minutes of the end of time with all the emotional beats, by the way. I'll say that, too. There's a villain whose plot doesn't really make any sense. Uh, uh, he and his daughter something. I don't know. It's gross. Mm-hmm. And uh, the master decides that he's going to turn everybody into the master. Here, the master is more focused. Just the doctor. This time, just the doctor I'm going to turn into the master. But it's not the doctor. It's the master. It it, it it doesn't... Yeah. So I was frustrated by all that. It does lead to a beautiful set of scenes on the edge of a cliff with a telephone pole uh, and a bunch of wires where Jodie Whittaker is sort of like on the precipice of not being able to come back. And she talks to an amalgamation of... In the first of things that totally shocked me and I had no idea would be in this episode. She talks to David Bradley as the first doctor and she talks to Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy, Paul McGann. Did I miss anybody? Who else is in no, there? Yeah, uh, that's the, that's just, everybody just in that those, scene. Just those. Um, and Peter, Did you say Peter Davison? Peter Davison and Peter Davison. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, I didn't see that coming and that was one of those moments where I'm like, oh, wait a second. I love this. Like, I'm really upset with what's happening out there in the plot. But in here, in this little mas- magical world where Jodie Whittaker is talking to all the old doctors, I-, I thought that was, I thought it was magical. I thought it was really a very, very special thing. And, and I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it has any resonance for anybody. Like, I felt very much like this is a, this is an episode for people who love Doctor Who and for people who are just watching it casually. 
uh, I guess. But like the idea that all the old doctors are coming back to give her advice in this moment uh, and, and it get, they get to be played by those actors, even though those actors are much older now. Um, I thought that was a beautiful thing. So again, this, this is the dichotomy is that while the master is rampaging on the outside and I'm like, no, this makes no sense. Why are you doing this? On the inside, there's this beautiful little bit with Jodie Whittaker and the other doctors that I thought was fantastic. So that's the dichotomy of this episode for me. So I yeah. want to give a, a partial partial rebuttal, only partial. I think I think that the first half of the plot is... Fifty percent nonsense, maybe not a hundred percent. It's the, the master. The, the master a, taking over Jodie Whittaker's body that I think is when it reaches one hundred percent for me, Jeff. <laughs> That's oh, the point. I, I love, I love that part. It's the lead. I am used to the master having ridiculous, overcomplicated, uh, sure. nefarious plots. That's 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 part of the character's the mo, um, uh, and. You know that that's sort of retroactively applied to uh, historically not great writing, or you, what you have to do for the master in serialized television in the seventies and eighties, whatever. Um, but it's all about getting the doctor to that point uh, where the uh, the regeneration trap is sprung, and so. It doesn't hang together well, but it hangs together, in my opinion, well enough to get to that point. And then from that point on, I feel like the plot is strangely linear um, compared to the first half of this episode, certainly compared to, mm-hmm. you know, six episodes of Flux. Um, so uh, it's, it's almost like a mid it's almost like an episode break cliffhanger, right? Where there's all the things and you get to the cliffhanger and you're like, oh, how are they going to put this back together? And then part two is a series of events that puts it all back together. Sure. And, and, so if and, you want to compare it yeah. to if you want to compare it to the end of time, uh, you know, there was 20 percent that <laughs> the last 20 minutes that you liked on a percentage basis. This is better than the end of time. <laughs> yeah, you're probably I, right. I, I mean, like the, the thing with the master's plan is like. I'm going to ruin your reputation by turning you into me and then announcing that you, who looks like me, is responsible for the plot that I, the master, did, who looks like me. And I'm like, what? Yeah, and where and where am I during all this? Well, apparently I'm just sort of asleep in a cube waiting around, or am I in you? Did I put myself or, or in is you? She, I, I, I wondered if the master only revived when everything got reversed. Right. Uh, in some fashion, but it wasn't clearly explained enough for me. Right. And, and yes, the, the whole like, is the master's, is the doctor just going to be a jerk because she is regenerated into a jerk body? Uh, right. I, or, or is it a possession? Is it like a possession? Which the, It's a the, possession. Which the, the show doesn't says, before. Yeah, the show says it isn't, but that is the only way to interpret it is that the master's mm-hmm. consciousness has left his body and gone into the doctor and regenerated her into him. And now he's basically possessing her and is the doctor, but is not the doctor. It's just the master in the doctor's body. And is going to go on TV and say, yes, uh-huh. I did all these bad yeah. things. Also, uh, your reputation is ruined. Also, to be James, fair, like, the, the can master. we just say that the master could have just gone on TV and said he was the doctor? Without <laughs> well, yes, that was that but, was where I was thinking. But you know, let's not examine or, it too closely. The master's Dalek plan, by the way, is mm-hmm. the official name of this uh, plan. It's the master's yes. Dalek plan. I mean, 
you you could have you didn't need like why why did you need the Daleks as well? I don't know why. Why is there a whole subplot about a Dalek who wants to kill all the Daleks, but then the other Daleks come and kill it, and it doesn't really lead anywhere? I, and I don't. I think it's all I, because the, he wants a run around with some Daleks in it because he wants all of the characters to be in it that he's touched or he's played with, and he wants the Cybermen to be there too, and he wants to be able to have the Daleks and the Cybermen together. It does pay off in that one thing where the master's ranting and the Dalek like turns to look at the Cybermen. It's very much I, like, I oh that, boy, this guy. <laughs> I think that was like when he activated the bony M. That was when right. they looked at each other in a kind of like, why are we doing this with this like, guy? Yeah. <laughs> Did we but, sign up I mean, for him to play the Rasputin while dressed as Rasputin? <laughs> I mean, like, it, it's, it's you know, I would do that if I if I had become <laughs> I Rasputin. Mean, that that part fair. delighted me yeah. because I, like, so I'm like, that is so meta and ridiculous and also very mastery ridiculousness. I loved it. Um, and that was more Last but, of yeah. the Time Lords than, uh, than, than, than uh, End of Time, Chip, so. <laughs> a lot of RTD feelings in in this episode for me. Very um, much so. Yeah, I mean, big everything is there. Yeah, I just think the plot plot could have been a lot simpler. Um, I did like uh, to James's point about the master always having a ridiculous plan. I did like that the, that unit goes and captures the master and brings him back, and the, and and the master all along. See, because this master especially, he is very meta. Um, he he is looking at everybody else and saying, don't you understand what happens in these episodes? You bring me in and then I escape and kill everybody. That's what's going to happen. And everybody else is like, no, 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 get in the cell. And he's like, all right. Uh, okay. I, I, I would also think if I had been posted a tiny miniaturized Cyberman with a, with a, you know, a note on it saying, this is from the doctor honest. I'd have, yeah, I'd have just stuck it in my pocket and took, Absolutely. took it into it. Absolutely. Especially after your aunt had been miniaturized herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, it, it wouldn't ring any bells with you or anything. But it wasn't a miniaturized, uh, it wasn't tissue compression. It was like a Dalek uh, arc in yet another episode of, uh, yes. of, of, of RTD Doctor Who. That's all. I mean, I. I liked, I liked all the pieces of like, yes, the master is going to get captured and is going to be put into unit and then, you know, the real plan will unveil and all that stuff. I just, it could have, you could have cut like about th- three quarters of the plot out of this mm-hmm. and I think still had all the relevant beats that we're going to talk about that we really liked. Right. Um, I'll throw in Vinder here too. I, I, you know, I thought Vinder was fine in flux, but this episode feels like, oh my God, everybody, are you excited? Vinder is back. Everybody's been <laughs> waiting to see Vinder again. And Vinder's fine, but I don't know why he's here. I don't, I don't know why he's here. He, I, <laughs> when Graham turned up in the volcano, I had a moment of like, was he in this episode already? And I've just missed <laughs> no, like no, that was something. I think that was one of my very favorite things in this entire episode because first off, I had forgotten how much I love Graham. And second, he introduces himself by holding up the psychic paper and saying Arnold Palmer, volcano inspector. <laughs> Arnold Palmer's son. <laughs> yeah. Volcano inspector. Mm-hmm. Um yes. Uh and that is I mean, amazing. And it's like, oh, but it says you're Graham and the doctor's friend. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's what that's who I am. Yes, that was great. But you're right. It's 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 all the 
again, like like um, I'm just going to keep on calling out RTD episodes. Like Journey's End, it is also the let's bring back all of the characters that I've dealt with before, mm-hmm. or or the end of time because this is my my end. So I'm going to bring back uh, Graham, but not Ryan because they couldn't get him. I guess so he's in Patagonia. But they also sidelined Dan. Yeah, so that was another Which was really interesting. I, like, why did you sideline Dan so early? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, Dan said, the, like, goodbye, goodbye. I'm the most here. recent, the the penultimate, uh, the episode of Doctor Who magazine that came out just before this was released. You've got interviews with Jodie Whittaker and Mandip Gill and John Bishop, as though all three of them were equally going to be parts. And you know, you spend all this time with him um, because if you if you don't interview the guy, you're just signaling that he's not going to be part of this episode. And I guess that would have been a spoiler. I guess. Um, but yeah, but I, I, I like the, I like, there are, again, character beats. Uh, the character beats in this are really strong. And Dan has uh, a near-death experience. He has some PTSD. Uh, I love Which his Which nobody line. seems to notice. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the doctor's not real good at that. Remember how uh, she handled uh, Graham's uh, fears about his cancer coming back. Uh, but uh, but he says, you know, he says, I need to get back to my life. I need to attack it. And he can because of the doctor. Great emotional beats uh, provided in a really weird, um, you know, let's we've got to give Dan 10 minutes of stuff to do before we write him out kind of way. It's, you know. The pluses and minuses right there in one piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's a it's a very strange episode. It's jam packed. Um, let's talk about Tegan and Ace coming back. I think. Um, nice to see them. Nice to see that it's the same idea that the doctor being with the doctor sort of changes you, and you often will end up kind of like going off on your own adventures and trying to do things. I like that they're like investigating the two weird things that are going on or in communication with one another. Um, I I think that's all. Um, all that is good. I think the master knowing who they are and taunting them both is also very good. Um, I, yeah, I liked Ace hiding her original jacket, a baseball bat, and some explosives under the floor in units, uh, just just in case. Yeah, just in case you needed them. Um, but I, but I liked real... how the I liked how when she when they are introduced to Yaz, and uh, they're the people who've been left behind, and Yaz looks at the Doctor in shock. Oh yeah, uh, that's a that's a. That's actually a seriously economical way of getting at the same bits, uh, RTD again, uh, when Rose meets Sarah Jane um, yeah, in, uh, the second, in, in the second reunion. series. Yeah. Um, so, and and that's uh, that's actually a piece that helps me accept the fact that they didn't explore um, the relationship and the unrequited feelings uh, between the Doctor and Yas anymore. You know, you can read into the early bits of the episode a little bit of tension, but in that moment, um, you know, if if Yaz had any doubts that there may not be any there, there, um, that may have just settled it to the point where Yaz was willing to walk away. Yeah, my I head think, like, I agree. I agree. I, I think it's it's almost it's not quite a betrayal, but it is Yaz's realization of where she fits in the doctor's life because she's seeing these other women who 
were companions of the doctor and like it, it is very much like with rose and sarah jane in school reunion it is the moment of realization of like oh doctor is eternal i'm not this isn't gonna last it's like really in her face right then and i i i agree i think that you can that that part is very strong it's not dealt with in the text but i, th- I feel like that's such strong subtext about where yaz's head is after that moment I mean, if she thinks that's bad, wait until she meets the wife. Um, I just, <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I, I, I feel that they kind of like, with, with the whole Yaz stuff, you know, they set it all up and, you know, in the end, all they got was they sat on top of the TARDIS in a particularly lovely scene lit very well. It was very, you know, artistically well done, but, you know, they just had an ice cream. And that was it. And then, and then the doctor's like, "Well, you know, got to go. Bye." And, and that, and there was no kind of like, uh, you know, I would have thought that Yaz, you know, she said, "Oh, I, I need some privacy for this one," and it, it didn't sit right with me. That kind of like just effectively pushing her out the TARDIS. Well, I think it's the. I mean, really, the way it's structured is the the regeneration energy comes and that changes the discussion right that that's like oh well mm-hmm. i'm 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 going so i won't you know whether you stay or not i'm leaving so this is really at an end let's take one last trip and then i'm going to drop you off because my life is over essentially and again that is a way for the script to get around dealing with all of the stuff that i would say was only set up recently it's one of those things too where it's like fans reading in to things and then the production staff and the writers being like oh yes 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 we'll go along with that but not really and then we'll step away and we'll avoid it and so by having the regeneration energy in there you don't have to deal with that because you preempt it and say no it doesn't matter yes how you feel because this doctor is going and so let's get some ice cream but yeah. I, mean, I, you, I think you, they laid it out a little bit in the last episode, the Sea Devils at the end, where they're sitting there, and the Doctor says, "Well, I do like alludes. Nothing is explicitly said, but that there could be feelings. But she knows her end is coming, and therefore she can't. Like it's just the whole things are going to change. I'm going to be going away. There's kind of no point. And I think that in they thought that was enough." In a like, 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 well, we acknowledge it. We dealt with it. That's sort of enough. We've, we've, we're, it's not going to happen because there's just no time. So then, when you look at this, it sort of lays the groundwork for the the subtext, I think, but it it doesn't feel as satisfying as you know yeah. people having yeah. a conversation. But the doctor isn't good, and I'd pick this over the Rose Ten angsty stuff, which I've always felt was like a little too over the top for my taste. So I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I've got some friends. You're heartless who felt- in it. Heartless, heartless. I know. I'm heartless. Best. I was okay, like, it's fine. The it's whole fine. like crying against the. Wall. I was like, no, I hate that. I love that it so part. much. It's just yeah. too much. Yeah, I've got some <laughs> friends who uh, were very much satisfied with how Legend of the Sea, sea Devils ended, um, and in in terms of they do Yaz and the Doctor have a very adult conversation, and. They interpreted that as the decision that we're not going to pursue this. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. and, and and while I wanted more out of, well, I wanted more out of Legends of the Sea Devils, period. Uh, mm. But I wanted more <laughs> out of that that particular uh, character relationship arc. Um, I do I do kind of agree that Legend of the Sea Devils just 
sort of gives you a pretty uh, decent stopping point there if you choose to take it that way. And this and, and this episode feels like it just follows through on that. Okay. Yeah, fair. I just think if you why why bring that whole thing into the the storyline of the show mm-hmm. uh, if you're then just gonna. I mean, because that meant so much to so many people well, to then turn around and go, no, we're not going to really address it. I think what they were trying to do was acknowledge it, right? Like, I think that was probably the goal was we didn't, we weren't really explicitly working on this. Everybody picked up on it and we can pretend that they didn't or we could acknowledge that it's there and then move along, which is, I think, what they chose to do for right or for yeah. wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Okay, I haven't mentioned the hologram, the emergency <laughs> hologram of the doctor, which is a second way, which I I will say, uh, I roll my eyes a little bit at the fact that there are two separate ways to get the same past Doctor Who actors into the show. So there's there's the, the hologram old doctors, and then there's also the at the precipice old doctors. But that said, it allows not just... Um, Jodie Whittaker to appear in, at a point in the plot where Jodie Whittaker is absent, but and and work with Yaz and help Yaz out. But it allows Peter Davison to have a scene with Janet Fielding, <laughs> and uh, and it allows Sylvester McCoy to have a scene with Sophie Aldred. And again, is it fan service? Yes, it is. Are we trying to give people a little taste of these two character, two sets of characters from the eighties, and and where you know have a conversation about that now as fans, forty years later, uh, looking back? Yes, I mean that's the whole point of it, and 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 the script makes it tries to really address it, like the um the that there if is there is there more they have to say to one another and in the case of of ace and the doctor it seems like there very much is sort of some forgiveness to be done because of course she never left she was just gone in the tv movie so they can um uh, kind of make you know write their own story there in terms of that and i thought that uh, that was some of the beautiful stuff that was the some of the stuff that i really loved yeah i really liked seeing them both both pairs together again um i did wonder like how long does that ai hologram last does do the three of them have their own like hologram doctor hollow doctors (laughs) that they can go and have hollow adventures with uh in big finish episodes or whatever only when jodie whittaker's not there only when the doctor comes back and the, the the ai protocol is disengaged or something i don't know but it, it was nice. It was beautiful. Just, yeah, it was really great. And then, of course, it, it leads to the twist, which is one of the really clever moments that, again, I was hope this this one I, I was hoping for but didn't expect, which is then Joe Martin walks in mm-hmm. to save the day as a hologram, again, still the hologram, but as as the Joe Martin doctor. And I was so happy to see her to get another scene and to have it be triumphant because who knows if we'll ever see her again um, with this era ending. You never know with this stuff. But I was very happy to see it because, you know, I, for my money, she's one of the best, if not the best things to come out of this era. And I was mm-hmm. happy to see her again in character, um, basically making trouble by distracting Cybermen uh, at exactly the right moment. I- 
I mean, I am I going think... to hold Joe Martin and Russell T. Davis to that line, see you around. I'm going <laughs> yep. to hold them to it. I'm I, going to I use think... all, every ounce of my power. I think, like, you know, no matter how forward-looking Doctor Who is at any point, they will go back and look at older things. You know, maybe not in the first year of RTD taking over, although, you know, given that, as we know, <laughs> we have three episodes of uh, David Tennant, uh, and uh, Catherine Tate to come, uh, they're going to come back to her at some point. You would think. Be nice. I like. I've enjoyed every single minute we've gotten of her, and it's so little when you actually. Because I did some rewatching because we had time, and it's just not enough. But she's there's so much potential that we could. You know, I just want more. I want more. I forgot we got an Adric callback as well. It's like, what do you think of when you see Cybermen? Oh, yeah, yeah Adric died. Adric, right, because they killed him, essentially. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, good. It did give me, like, the, because the, for the 50th, when they had the five-ish little extra where the, all mm-hmm. of those doctors were trying to get in the special, <laughs> officially, and it was, like, that really funny little extra thing they did so when i saw all of them actually in the official episode it just yeah, warmed they, my heart they for did the it. actors as well it's like yeah you did I, it, guys you did it <laughs> i mean i kind of thought because there had been rumors of uh at least the the main three of them uh doing something else and i thought it might be for the like the 60th like they were going to do like a sequel to the the five-ish, the five-ish doctors, doctors. That, mm-hmm. um but no, so I was surprised that they appeared. Um, but it, it was, yeah, it was nice that they got they got another go. And Paul McGann. Mm-hmm. And Paul McGann, who oh. refused to wear the flowy robes. Or yeah, uh, that was a funny bit, right? Why doesn't he wear the robes? Yeah, I'm different, you know. <laughs> I don't have to I do it my own way. Um, yeah, the only, okay. I, so I really, I really enjoyed all of that. I really enjoyed the emotional beats. The only thing that that bugged me a little bit. And again, I'm going to just chalk this up to, you know, fans are going to have the things that bug them. It's fine. Um, is it was a very classic doctor who throwback thing. And I'm, I know why, but it also feels kind of funny, right? That it's sort of like, Hey, (laughs) David Bradley and doctors five, six, seven, and eight would like to speak with you. But not Tom but Baker, not even fine. But not David Tennant, not Matt right. Smith or Peter Capaldi. Um, that I mean, and people are available or they're not. But also, companion-wise, is like there wasn't a classic companion in the or a new series companion in the uh, in the focus group or the 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 whatever they are the 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 society of dispossessed companions <laughs> at the end like uh and and i don't know who it would be and i don't maybe there isn't anybody but it was just one of those moments where i thought it's a little weird because we're sort of like there's the chibnall era and then there's the classic era and we're going to kind of leap over the rest of it and the, i understand some... logistics but it was a little disappointing to me there's a different edge of existence if you go the other way and that's got all the modern doctors at it and they're manning that Oh, um, I see. Pole. <laughs> to the west. To the west, yes. there's a it, different it, telephone if pole. Kept, if she just kept walking the other way... Then Christopher Eccleston would be there. Sure. Yes. Okay. No, no, he's he's got his own pole somewhere. And wants yeah, well, he would, to do he, he doesn't other. wear the robe either, right? He yes. doesn't get to wear the, mm-hmm. wear the little robe. 
Uh, but ten was in the episode, right? So, yeah, yeah, sure. Damien, like, I was expecting ten, like Tenant to show up yeah. in that little mix, which would—that's all it would have. Because I understand cost, logistics, whatever. But ten was right there. You could have just had a, even one or two lines from ten. But they, but they then, held. That- they held him. They held him. Right. That was the idea. Mm-hmm. Is they, they held him to the end. I, I, I can see why they would do that. Plus, then you really do want to see Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi, and they're not. There, yeah, I know. So. Yeah. I always do. I, I, I apparently, do the, the the BBC is referring to David Tennant's Doctor as the fourteenth Doctor. Okay, we will get there. We're not there yet. We're gonna we're gonna, let's say, <laughs> let's say that for the end. Um, uh, let's see. So, what else do we have? Uh, I wanted to mention the focus group, the 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 <laughs> the meeting of the society, only because when you talk about your fan service, I was like. Oh, is it just going to be everybody who's been in this episode? The law of the economy of characters, and the answer is no, because Katie Manning is there as Joe, Joe, right? Joe Grant, uh, Katie Joe Man- Jones, Joe yeah, Jones, yeah. right? Katie Manning is there. Um, Bonnie Langford is there as Mel. Uh, that was a surprise. That was a surprise. Isn't there a rumor that she's in something next year? There was. I would have I liked think- more name tags because I am not like as familiar with all of right. the companions so like i saw ian but that's that's the one right it's that yeah. for yeah. all of this time the fact that one of the first two companions is still alive he's in his 90s like, and they've done all of this throwback stuff ian chesterton's name is on the he's the chair of the board of governors at Cole Hill School in the opening shot of the 50th anniversary episode but even though He's still alive. He hasn't been in the show. And I felt like that was a shame because we've totally missed the moment because he's he's getting up there. Um, but he's there and he's in the focus group and he has a line of dialogue, which is, uh, did, 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 did you say she? <laughs> <laughs> and I think I worked out he hasn't been in the show for, is it 57 years or something oh. like that? Did it's you say a, her? That's what it is, yeah. And how many, uh, the, the line there that is the best is, how many doctors are there? Oh, boy. We're <laughs> yes. going to be here a while. It, it depends so how you count them, really. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But that was beautiful, and it just, I was so, I was so happy to see him there. After, yes, after nearly 60 years. Um, to have Ian in the show again, e- even so briefly as one of the companions. And there I had was another guy. Was there yep. ja- Jamie? Was it or there? I felt like there were some companions. I was like, I wanted more name tags to figure out. No, who they Jamie were. wouldn't have been there because Jamie was from Scotland and the. <laughs> Jamie's an Outlander. The oh, tribute right, to Jamie was right. when when the master plays the flute and he plays the theme from Outlander because uh, that was this tribute to Jamie McCrimmon. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I I will say again about Graham. (laughs) I liked Dan. I thought Dan was fine. Um, Graham shows up and it's like, who was Dan? Was there a Dan? Was Dan in episodes? Because it's like Bradley Walsh comes back. And it's like, oh my god, I love him. He's so great. He's so fun. Uh, so I didn't even realize he was going to be in it. I didn't. I, I hadn't realized how much I missed him. I was so happy to see him again in those you know handful of scenes. I thought that was great. 
I liked that Yaz and Dan had a more emotional goodbye, which made sense because they spent three years together without the doctor. Yep. And the doctor actually spent relatively little time and we spent kind of relatively little time with him. So I was like, I appreciated that they had that more emotional connected goodbye. She's his doctor. Because that made sense. Right, yeah. it's, the, it's yeah. the theory of the sub-doctors, that there's the doctor, and mm-hmm. then there's Yaz, and, and then there's Dan. <laughs> Dan works for Yaz. <laughs> yes. Um, let's see, what, what, I mean, there's so much here that if there's something that you would like to, to mention that we haven't talked about. Oh, uh, by the way, I'll just say, um, another scene that I loved is Tegan falls off the ladder, and the Cybermen hear her, and she says, rabbits, which is... That is a callback, people. That is the queen of all callbacks. And the Cybermen's response is, renegade human in the walls. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> that's Tegan. Tegan's the renegade human in the walls. Uh, <laughs> anything else that, that we haven't talked about that you want to mention? Uh, I, I like the Nitro 999. Yes. Um, p- police call number 999. Um, uh yeah, the, I'm trying to think. I, I've got so many notes of like right. plot stuff to right. try and make sense of. And it's like, so you stop volcanoes by freezing them into steel? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Sheffield steel, essentially. Yes. Um, and yeah, so many details which make no sense. Um, oh, a line of, I, I would like to think, foreshadowing is when... Uh, Yaz says to Sasha Dewan's master doctor, um, change back. He says, can't be done. (laughs) (laughs) I think you'll be proven wrong there in several ways. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to spend a little bit of time on um, the how how Jodie Whittaker plays the the regeneration and everything leading up yes, to it. Yes, let's uh, talk about the from, regeneration in general, but you go first, Chip. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Aside from aside from the ice cream uh stuff with Yaz, um you know, the doctor has a moment of denial and then um it is I uh, it's a very 13th doctor, very Jodie Whittaker approach to uh to, to the regeneration. Um it's not the I don't want to go stuff from Tennant. Uh, it's not the lecture to the camera from Matt Smith. It's not the other lecture to the camera from Peter Capaldi. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just after that moment of denial. It's just appreciating what you have. And it lin- and, and ends up with, I can't think of a better last words for a doctor than tag your it. It's just mm-hmm. so perfect. It's so optimistic. It's- it's there's going to be it's it, it it's like there's going to be something great ahead to look forward to and it's a perfect handoff it's, it's, I, I did think... I want to rewind a line there too chip because it's not just tag your it it's doctor whoever I'm about to be tag your it I thought oh you put doctor mm. who in there right at the it's beautiful it's beautifully done James go ahead I I did think the the the, the line uh as you said with the denial with the i want more time was effectively i don't want to go it's the same line but sure yeah i want to know I what get happens it out of the next, system right i want to know what happens next uh yeah i mean yeah that 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 is that that last bit was, I was go. really good i yeah. it feels like kind of natural though that in the moment you like 
it is such an interesting character trait where you sort of die but don't die and transform and change so you know it just feels like the the like let's go through those stages of grief and go I don't want to go but then I do agree that I love how it is optimistic and it sets it up because I don't I didn't I didn't like the I don't want to go because it just makes us feel like we're like yeah that the doctor's been forced in this corner and right. we're gonna lose them and all like it's just like it puts such a negative feeling on the regeneration which Mr. makes Tennant it feel is, more like a death mr yeah. Tennant is regenerating under protest please everyone. yeah yes. exactly so but so it's like that that sort of like puts it like a taint on the whole transfer because it is both sad and like you we i find because this is like now my fifth doctor i've been watching regenerate and it's like i cry but i'm also excited for what's going to come right you know so i like the optimistic it's a continuum we're going to grow we're going to have fun and so i think it it, it was good i know yeah and if you want to if you want to be meta about it again um you know arguably Doctor Who and Jodie Whittaker um, were not served very well by this era, whether you had Mm -hmm. issues with Chibnall's writing or the BBC's lack of support in numerous ways for Doctor Who. So I I want to see what's next. Arguably, there should have been more next for uh, Jodie Whittaker's Doctor. Mm -hmm. There should have been more episodes. There should have been... uh, better publicity you could you you could argue there should have been better scripts all of that so it did hit me kind of at a meta level well yeah. and it's like it had to be that for the first woman being the doctor that she i feel like was underserved in a lot of ways even though there was so much about the error that i really loved and i loved her and it's like of course it had to be that but you know i wanted to say and i know that this is a thing that happens in doctor who a lot which is the idea that the thing that causes the doctor to regenerate is not important. But I thought it was, I was very frustrated by the fact that this whole thing is about hijacking and re-harnessing and re-regenerating the regeneration energy, right? And I felt like as it got toward the end, I thought, well, this is kind of nice because what they can say is, oh, well, we had our victory over the master, but the fact is it, it, I can't hold this and I'm going to have to regenerate mm. again. And so that we beat the master, but the master sort of also beat us and I have to change. But instead it's nope, I'm fine. But the master has a remote control or something <laughs> and makes the beam from the escaping energy creature sweep over her and not affect her clothing or person in any way, but apparently harm her enough that she sleeps for a long time and then has to regenerate. And like on one level, I I I accept that a lot of Doctor Who regenerations are like that and actually in the end of time it sort of played beautifully where you think it's going to be this huge thing and it ends up being him sacrificing himself for wealth. But here I felt like they had a very good ex- explanation and answer which is it's that that moment of like well we won but we actually also lost and instead it gets it gets turned into a moment where the master can do one final bwahaha as he pulls out a thing from his coat and presses a button that again is kind of nonsensical it's like ah this will get you and that's what does it it's like i don't know i was very frustrated by that same Same. she might as well have just tripped on the way back to the tardis yeah (laughs) yeah or or she wakes up and yaz is like yeah um i pressed the regeneration button sorry about that i gotta go um (laughs) 
yeah, that was, I don't know why that had to be there and why the master had to have that moment because the master had already, right? Like you could have made it that you, know, you defeated the master, but the master also defeated you. You can't, I, everybody's, right? It would be sort of tragic, right? It would be the hooray, the doc, we got the doctor back and the doctor says, mm, you no, this is temporary. I I have to go. I won't be him the next time, hopefully, but it's not going to be me anymore. And I, I felt like that would have been a nice little bit of a bittersweet tinge, but, um, oh, well, that's not, that's not how they did it. So now it'll go down in history as mm, stray beam from escaping creature, uh, <laughs> due to masters remote control something. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, and then, uh, Jody Whitaker turns into David Tennant, which we all sort of the, all the stories were out there. They are recording Dr. Who for next year with David Tennant and Catherine Tate. And, um, so to have him come back, uh, I guess uh, if you didn't know any of that, it's quite a surprise, but not a surprise maybe for us. Uh, my only two notes about it are one it, for a show that has always played fair with the fact that the doctor regenerates in their own yep. clothes. He regenerates into a suit. That was <sighs> I, I mean, so like, annoying. I, it's either like there is some convoluted plot reason that there was a clothing regeneration as well, or they just didn't want David Tennant in. Uh, she her wears outfit. pants and a I shirt. Know, it's it's, not there's like, nothing about it that I, we had yeah, the I master feel, in her clothing. Yes, I mean. yeah. the master was in her yeah. clothing. Mm-hmm. Although it would have so been if better if she case, had been. That's dumb. She had she had regenerated in the really dumb. Uh, that we didn't even mention the masters. Yeah, Doctor John say. Nathan oh. Turner tribute, a classic Doctor Who costume outfit thing that was amazing i I loved it i loved it (laughs) celery nice extra touch Um, with the celery but uh yeah he turns so my 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 one note is uh regenerating your clothes uh boo you shouldn't uh, Mm -hmm. do that that part of the beauty of it is you end up in weird clothes and the other part that i absolutely love is david Tennant does the exact same move as he did when he first regenerated he checks his teeth with his tongue and this time the line <laughs> is wait a second i know these teeth which is so great cuz the first time he's like mm, new teeth that's weird and here it's uh i know these teeth old and teeth we- that's weird <laughs> and, and 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 that leads to um the line that we all knew was coming which is what <laughs> yeah i i mean i thought you know, he could have at that point pretty much just looked into the camera and said, told you I didn't want to go. Yeah. And <laughs> it, it, it's okay. I didn't I want to go, but the... this is ridiculous. <laughs> um, I, I think that was the only line you could do in that thing. But uh, it, yeah. So the, the discussion that Annette and I were having was like, so we knew David Tennant was coming. And one of the one of the the theories I'd heard, which I thought was quite good, was that there was going to be a fake out, and uh, she was going to regenerate into Catherine Tate. Ah, uh, yes, and I, I, I love that. Thought, that is a cl- world class world class fan theory, James. World class, yes. Um, and that did not happen. <laughs> no. Uh, no, but um, and what was the one you had heard, Annette? Well, I'd I'd heard someone on I think on Twitter or in the chats or something, someone saying that uh, Shuti. Gatwa, the soon-to-be doctor, was credited on this episode, which I didn't check or anything. I was like, oh, maybe they are. Because I was kind of figuring it's going to be they all there. Like, no, no, it's not going to be David Tennant. It's probably going to be David Tennant. So I was like, oh, maybe they will. Because I kind of would like, I want him to be doctor sooner than later. And it would be fun if you had two doctor specials. But no, that's not what they're doing. But so. th- there had 
there had been a rumour going around that the Doctor was going to regenerate on some cliffs into David Tennant and go what, what, what. And yes. it was exactly right. That was exactly what it mm-hmm. was. Um, I will say that after this episode aired in, on the BBC, there was a trailer and there was a press release. Look, I haven't watched it yet. Publicity. The, um, the idea is that, uh, as was r- strongly rumored, they are going to do three episodes for the 60th anniversary. Those episodes star David Tennant and Catherine Tate. And then for what the BBC calls the festive season... Next year, um, Shudigatwa will make his debut as the Doctor. So that which which I didn't expect. So it sounds like we're going to get three episode special little mini series with David Tennant. At which point he will hand it off to Shudigatwa for the for a holiday special, and then unclear like will that roll into a new season the following year? Um, that's a year. You know, it's more than a year away. But yeah. um, but it, it, it sounds like 2023 might actually end up with having four Doctor Who episodes, which is practically as many as Flux. So, However, uh, none of them are airing until November. Until November. Yeah, yeah no, so we have to no. wait a long time. It's three but... in November. They're probably going to do like three weeks or maybe it'll be three nights. Who knows? But it'll be three episodes with David Tennant. Um, and I mentioned the trailer only to say that Shooty Got was in the trailer. Um, so the returning in 2023, there's actually a uh, a Do shot with dialogue of Shudi Gatwa. So uh, it's very like, much. Do you see the costume? Uh, you you see, he's, he's, he's appears to be wearing David Tennant's uh, clothes. So I guess they don't okay. always regenerate. <laughs> I, I, and um, I, my grasp of accents is not great, but it sounded like an African. Uh, inflected accent to me that he was using um uh and he he's he said mustache like, the line uh, yes and a mustache and he says oh. the line from him is once we see david Tennant running around with Catherine tate and uh neil patrick harris uh he says can somebody tell me what the hell is going on here which i think is what many <laughs> people are thinking. that's what all of us are thinking it, it's kind of like i thought this was my show yeah yeah, and yet, what is going on here? And in the press, I also say, and uh, I think uh, maybe James mentioned it earlier in the uh, press material, David Tennant is referred to as the fourteenth Doctor, and Shudigatwa is referred to as the fifteenth Doctor. Okay. So, David Tennant, he's just going to keep like a bad penny. He keeps turning. Up. <laughs> he's going to. I mean, I do. Is that? I, I don't know if I needed that. Am I going to turn it down? No, because all Doctor Who is going to be good Doctor Who on some level. But uh, yeah, I think let's take it. I think um, I felt for a long time now that David Tennant is is the new Doctor Who uh, equivalent of Tom Baker. That he is mm. he is sort of the base Doctor Who from this era. Like <laughs> think of who the and, and I'm not saying anything about any of the other ones because I. I love Matt Smith and I very much love, very much love Peter Capaldi. But I feel like David Tennant was the one who kind of like made a mark and the suit is iconic. And it's sort of like, like how Tom Baker 
was there and made the mark and the the scarf was iconic. It's that kind of equivalency. And so to have him come back, I think, only cements that further. It's like, before we go into a new era, we're going to kind of touch base with David Tennant, make sure everything's okay, and then we'll move <laughs> along into into a new era. Um, and I'm, I'm okay with it because I love David Tennant. And I also love that by doing it this way, they don't have to explain that he's a little bit older. Um, it's fine. Also, I'm really glad it's Donna. And not Rose, because yeah. I'm a little tired of Rose and, the, and yeah. Ten. I'd, I, and I love Donna and Ten together. I so. told that story. That story is yeah. is is done. Yeah. And uh, arguably, he's got unfinished business with, with Donna. Donna. Yeah, yes. she was not served well. So as right. many of the companions aren't, aren't at the end. It's true. And I think, you know, uh, Russell T. Davis was also saying today that there's going to be other surprises mm. to come. So... Sure. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised for for the sixtieth if you know we get the return of some other people. Um, sure, but I think it's mostly going to be David Tennant and Catherine Tate. Yeah, and uh, uh, we'll we'll get a little wolf too. Yes. Oh yeah, that's right. Right. Oh, and, and they'll be like, "Didn't Bernard Cribbins die uh, more than a year ago?" And the answer is yes, but he shot yes. this before that. So oh. yes. One last uh, performance from Bernard Cribbins out there in the world. I rewatched, um, for various reasons, the 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 end most of the end of time part two recently. Hi, Chip. Um, <laughs> and including not ju- not just the part that I like at the end, but some of the stuff before that. And um, I love Bernard Cribbins. I-, I love him. He's so great. He 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 lent so much to that. Um, so to see him again, even a little tiny bit will be great too. Yeah. It's going to be a really hard slog, uh, for the next waiting 13 months, another 12, 12 and a half yeah, months, 13 months, 13, 13 months, 12 and a half months. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be a little painful, uh, that doctor who is, unless Russell T. Davis does some really amazing stuff. The hype train is getting it's pulling out of the station now though. It's the RTD hype train is going <laughs> to going to keep us warm during these cold 11 months. 12 we or 12 are going months. to be we're going to find out just what his limits are because yeah. it's going to he he's not going to have anything to actually promote in terms of mm-hmm. TV episodes for that long. Yeah. Just teases and who knows what else. But I believe in him. I'm hopeful we can get to the point where we can have, you know, Doctor Who every year. Right. (laughs) Like a proper season and not like three episodes here and there. Because like I missed that. And it just feels like I've I've had a lot of friends who kind of stopped watching. But like the momentum sort of came out because I think they weren't putting it out enough. And like all of the reasons. Yeah that we already know so i'm like i'm hopeful that whatever they're doing is to like bring us back more regular stuff yeah i think that's what i think what we're all hoping and my hope is that that festive special with or festive beginning of his era with uh mm-hmm. with shudigatwa will also lead to a series like that that's my dream is that there'll be a christmas That'd or new amazing. year's special that leads right into a series right like leads right Mm. into a whole run of episodes that winter but they haven't promised that all they promised us is uh, festive special the uh radio times mouthpiece of the bbc Mm -hmm. says we are unclear if festive period means christmas or new year so it could be 2024 
Um, yeah, although, the, yeah, okay. I, I think they said the festive period of 2023, but yeah, if they put it on New Year's Day 2024, it wouldn't surprise I, I, I just, I, It's just because the Radio Times like made that clarification of festive uh, period 2023 might not be 2023. I see. But, well, well, rest assured that the BBC will let us know at least 24 hours in yeah, advance. Uh, I think it'll give us a week. <laughs> and, and and so that brings us to, and we talked, uh, honestly, Legend of the Sea Devils was so depressing that we talked about lots of other things in that Doctor Who flashcast. Mm. Um, one of them being, where does Doctor Who go from here? And while it's a BBC program, in the rest of the world, it's been in various places, and there's some speculation that um, it may end up on a streaming service somewhere. Uh, but it is, you know, new production team, new production company, uh, new era lots of questions and that's the stuff that's going to be keeping us warm over the the hot stove chip it's going to be that stuff right it's going to be what if, what if there's a joe martin spinoff i would super take that i think i mean who knows how it, but... ambitious russell is i i think russell t davis is extremely ambitious i think the question is what are they capable of producing in terms of not just budget uh, although that's part of it, but also what are they capable of producing in terms of just logistically actually producing television? Um, mm-hmm. The nice thing is that they are apparently working on this stuff now, <laughs> yeah. and it's more than a year away. That they were they've been shooting all summer. They were shooting the David Tennant stuff. Like they're way ahead, and that makes me wonder if they've got other stuff in the works. And I, I, I'm sure that Russell T. Davis's dream is doing essentially a Marvel-esque kind of unveil where he reveals the Doctor Who master plan and it's got a spinoff here and, you know, and then this year we'll do this and then we're going to do this. I'm sure that that's actually kind of his dream for Doctor Who. I just don't know if that's actually going to be possible and it will deter- be determined in part by money by like is there a mm-hmm. streaming service that will pony up some of the dough here how's the bbc doing what can bad wolf produce and uh we'll find out but you know we got we got a year to talk about that i guess i i believe this it's the same people that are doing the golden compass yes stuff yes and uh, and i was curious what the production schedules were like on the golden compass because that's something that obviously has a lot of visual effects work mm-hmm. on it probably a similar amount as doctor who would if you're doing you know full budget doctor who um so it's full, like full the what fact now? That that... <laughs> <laughs> who won't even it, recognize it <laughs> yeah it's like i i don't know what prestige television doctor who looks like um actually i think that's that's slightly unfair on the chris chibnall stuff because i think some of the things they've done uh, under his watch, have visually looked mm-hmm. exceptional. Mm-hmm. To say yes. nothing of this one, I think this one, I think this one that we just got through watching was one of the most visually advanced episodes of Doctor Who in a long time. I agree, and and, mm-hmm. and purely on artistic, that that shot of them sitting on top of the TARDIS, looking down at the Earth, is one of my favorite shots in Doctor Who. Just the, even the, the regeneration was very beautiful. Yes, and yeah. on the sea arch. By mm-hmm. the ocean, yeah, that was beautiful. Well, the what we know about the Bad Wolf era of Doctor Who at this point is there is a moving crane shot with a little bit of wind where the TARDIS appears. Oh, Russell, um, <laughs> there is. Uh, uh, let's see, David Tennant standing out on a street. We get Neil Patrick Harris there. We get we get David Tennant diving under a 
uh, a divider that is lowering, so he has to get under it really quickly with uh, Donna watching in the background. Um, Catherine, we get a t- Catherine Tate uh, mouth open like she's going to shout at him because he's an idiot. Uh, this is all very familiar. We get a David mm-hmm. shot of David Tennant running, and then in in the calling card that I suspect is Russell T. Davis saying, "See what we did." A uh, a truck explodes and flips up in the air and lands on another car and is like, do you know how much that cost? Look what we're doing for you. And then shooting got was at the end. So I don't know. That's how I choose to decode that is there's a little bit like, Oh, put the car in there, put the car in there, show them what we've got. I I have to say that car explosion. Yeah. It wasn't exactly fast and the furious. It No, no, but it's uh, also, it's a practical effect, right? Because the special effects aren't done. So they can't do that. (laughs) <laughs> they can only yeah, show it, you it, that we threw a we threw a truck on a car. It didn't look, um, you know, it 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 did not uh, fill me with uh, joy at the prospect of the their vast special effects budget. I mean, it, it very much is a static shot of a of a truck landing on a flaming car. But still, I feel like that's one of those things. Like, put that in there. That shows that there's action and excitement. Look at us. It's Hooray. like what have we got? Well, we've got David going under a door, and we've got a car exploding. That's that's all we have. I think uh, many of us on this podcast know people who will not be satisfied until uh, until Doctor Who returns to three standard deaf cameras in a studio somewhere. Right. So. <laughs> well, that'll be a so that that'll be one of my episode pitches. I think that would be a great episode that the Doctor finds himself trapped in a world that is a multi-camera video um, sitcom. Basically, I know it's a little Wandavision, but I think we can make it work. And then, and then there'll be like a monster that looks kind of like it's made out of styrofoam, and he'll say something like, "This is very familiar." <laughs> From your mouth to Russell's ears. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, I think bringing Tenant back is also a good strategy for bringing back a bunch of people who have kind of faded off. And I guarantee, I know a whole bunch of people who will be watching that who haven't watched yeah. Doctor Who in years. I think it's I, I, one of those smart Russell T. Davis moves, which is mm-hmm. I think he needed a holding pattern for shoot before he gets to shoot Gatwa, and he didn't want to put shoot Gatwa in the 60th. So you bring back David. It's not a multi-doctor story necess- necessarily, but it's it's bring back a classic Doctor, and then use that use that as the way to launch your I, new series. I think that's super just smart from a a promotional mm-hmm. perspective to do that. I, I agree with all of the above. It does feel a bit like you didn't like the woman. Well, look who we've got back. We've oh. got David Tennant. Yeah. I I think, yeah, my suspicion is that it's more about the, the logistics of handing it off to Bad Wolf and, you know, and wrapping up Jody's contract and wrapping up Chris Chibnall's contract uh, that that it broke this way. But yeah, you, mm. it could be it could be interpreted that way. I think this is this is. I mean, I still have a theory that that they may very much say that Shooty Got was series is uh, series one. That it's basically like this is new Doctor Who now, new new Doctor Who, uh, and that 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 this is a a even bigger break than the break between the RTD era and the. Uh, Stephen Moffat era or the Stephen Moffat era and the Chris Chibnall mm-hmm. era. It feels it feels like that, but yeah, it is. It is also Russell going back to his happy place. I think right, one of his doctors. Yeah, the one who will still do it. <laughs> <laughs> He's only got the one. So, all right. Well, um, everybody, meet back here in thirteen months. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so long. I, I I would say I can't wait, but I really don't have any choice. Do yeah. I? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't fight uh, it. The uh, way other than necessary. getting a job on the production team i think uh yeah you have to work. 
All right. Put in your resumes down. Sorry, they're CVs. They're called CVs over there. Yes. All right. Well, thanks to all of you, James and Chip and Annette. And thanks to everybody out there for listening to the Doctors of Flashcast. Remember us? Boy, it's been spotty lately. But uh, <laughs> maybe next year, late next year, we'll be back for more. Uh, but until then, goodbye, everybody. Doctor Who